Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I knew what I was going to do was going to be very special with my life. I'm an example just to show people that like, you come up from nothing. Prince had dedicated his whole legacy to celebrating women, celebrating women of color, and celebrating positive music. I'm going to uphold that. You're your own worst critic. I feel like you should be it anyways, but I, I'm always that, and I was just hating my song, so I was hating myself. Some people are at their cubicle job right now making way less than us. Some people are across the world in a goddamn sweatshop making like nothing a day, and we're getting paid to sing and dance. To sing and dance, that's a blessing. Artists out here, they're just willing to settle for anything. You know what I mean? And once you're willing to settle for anything, you deserve anything you settle for. Yo, this young murder. Yo, this is Lizzo. This is August Regal. What's good? It's Kehlani. This is your man, Blake Carrington. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Cheddar. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. And my special guest today, I'm really excited to introduce him because we've been supporting him since 2011. He goes by the name of Locksmith, who's a West Coast artist and producer, born and raised in Richmond, California. We caught up with him in the middle of his Canadian tour. In this interview, we talk about a lot of things, man. He talks about how overthinking is one of his weaknesses, his lowest moment in his life, and why you need people around you to gas you up. Locksmith on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go! Please introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, Come Up Show? <laughs> this is Locksmith. Uh, happy to be here, man. Happy to finally uh, get with you guys. Been a fan for what you what you guys do. So, yes, yeah, Locksmith representing Richmond, California. Started making music, but it wasn't making money, so I used it as a way to vent. Had to take a loan from my father. I was bothered. I was hovering some militant. He'll admit, never thought we'd make it this far. His bars got a way of shaking things. I could feel his shit. That was it. Thinking back at 05, when I had that 05 so far. Set a precedent. I was with my cousin by the dope spot when the phone shot loved ones and the killers had a crescent lit. And I've been focused ever since. Credit go to Nessa told me, nigga, don't be hesitant. I done made more in this last half year than I did in my career. Really, that is no embellishment. I don't give a fuck about nobody else's opinion with nobody else's pen and ice women in the shallow end. I remember when they tried to tell me I could never make an album independent. Locksmith, welcome to the Come Up Show, my G. Thank you, my brother. It's been a long time, man. Yeah, as uh, JR was here earlier, you know, we started this radio show in London, Ontario, and he put me on to 100 million views. Yeah, man. That was, what, 2011? 2011, yep. 2011. Wow, time goes by fast, right? It does go by fast. Yeah. It seems like you've been doing it for a while, but it's not hasn't been that long from yeah. a perspective of a fan. Yeah, it's, like, it's, been, a, it's been a slow grind. It's been, a, it's been beautiful, though, man. Like, no complaints here, like... You know, I love working for everything that I get, so yeah, I enjoy it. You know, it's yes, it, it's uh, it makes it yeah worthwhile and it makes it more meaningful. But you know, it's it's hard still. Hard work is hard. I mean, you know <laughs> what? It's it's hard work, but it's like good hard work. You know what I mean? Like I love the, you know, like obviously I'm here because I'm touring. It's just like it's that independent hustle, but it's just like it's very. Uh, it's very gratifying, you know what I mean, to just, like, to be able to come to these different, like, here I am, you know what I mean? I'm in Canada, I'm in Ontario, I'm in Toronto, I, I just came from Alberta, I just came from, you know, B.C. and Saskatchewan, I'm, you know, like, I get to meet and, and connect with all these people on such a on, on such an intimate level, and then it just, I don't know, it's inspiring, man, it's even more motivating for me, you know? Mm. Yeah, tell me about that type of work, that, that type of uh, work that you do where you're, like, totally absorbed. 
mm-hmm. right? Uh, I've said this before, like when, when I uh, when I started the come up show and I discovered and started doing the come up show, the radio show. Mm-hmm. There was this new thing in my life where fun and work were together. Mm. Before that, it was like I was telemarketing or a dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Work was work and was not funny. Can't wait until you get off work to party or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But this passion, this thing came where I'm having fun, I'm working hard, and I'm growing as a person. Tell yeah. me what that is like uh, for It's you. the best feeling in the world. You know, I, I started doing music. I fell in love with hip-hop. Um you know, like everybody else, you know, around like high school or right after high school, I, you know, I always, of course, always loved music, but I just like fell in love with it. I was like, I want to try this. I want to do this. And it was just a love affair. It was just the passion and the love of, you know, actually creating art and trying to figure out how to learn how to rap and do all these things. So I never did music because I thought it would monetary, you know what I mean, for any kind of monetary gain. I just did it because this is what I want to do. This It wasn't a hustle to me. It was just like, yo, money, like I'm going to earn money and there's no way I can earn money doing this, you know? So I, you know, I went to school and did those things, but I always did music on the side. And then the passion just grew and grew and grew. And then people actually liked it. And, you know, a demand started. And then I, you know, and then when I started getting a little bit of money, I was like, oh, I can get money from this. You know what I mean? Like, Hmm, okay. And even then it didn't seem for, you know, it didn't, I didn't really fully realize it. But then when I actually was like, yo, I can do this and this can be the work that I do to make a living and to provide for myself and provide for my family. I was like, oh, I, I got it. This is it. This is, it's even more motivation, you know, not only the, the motivation for creating art and spreading it to the world, but it's like, yo, I can help people. I can provide for myself and for my family. And so it's just, yeah, it's gratifying, man. What was the first thing that you got a dollar for, for, for this art? What do you mean the first thing? What was like I, you said? You, then you got money. What was that like? Do you remember I mean, the first I got thing sh- that you got paid for? I mean, I got shows. I remember doing the first kind of couple local shows, and okay. you know, you get a hundred dollars. Like, oh man, this is great. Or you know what? Matter of fact, I think the first money I got from my actual sh- from anything music was winning a battle. I won a battle. I think there was like sixteen people in the rap battle, and the prize was a hundred dollars. Like eight. A hundred or like two hundred dollars or something. So basically, everybody had to put ten dollars in. Mm-hmm. So there's twenty people, and out of those twenty people, you know, you put ten dollars. That's two hundred dollars, and the winner gets the whole two hundred. So that was the first time I was like, "Yo, I just got two hundred dollars for rapping," you know. So that was the very first dime that I ever got. I think from music, mm-hmm. from winning in a battle rap contest. You know, as uh, it's it, this all starts out as a love, as a passion. You're just doing it for the sake of doing it, uh, but then. Uh, sometimes when money starts coming into a, into play mm-hmm. and then you get expectation to be paid mm-hmm. for your art, that can be kind of funny. It could be tricky, yeah. Right? Uh, where now, you know, it's uh, you got to be careful because if you're starting to expect dollars and you don't get dollars, you can kind of hate this. You can hate it. You can mm-hmm. fall out of love. Does that yeah. ever happen or can you relate it, to that? It hasn't yeah. happened with me, man. Okay. Like, because... Not totally fall in love or like yeah, but yeah, it can yeah, yeah. it can you can become jaded yeah you know um but I guess my love like I just I don't know I can guess I can compartmentalize in my head I I just separate like every day I'm like yo sometimes you are you may get frustrated but it's like yo I love this so I mean I don't know what could happen to possibly like you know what I mean make me nothing because to me it's still a blessing the fact that I'm able to get to do music. And that be my job. You know, it doesn't even matter. Like, you know, like even on tour, some nights there's very, you know, there's very small nights. You may have a small turnout for whatever the case is or or you're going to a market that normally people don't go to. So it's smaller crowds and you may be a little frustrated with this or that. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like, yo, I'm doing music. Like I get to 
I'd rather be doing this than, like you said, telemarketing or, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. doing some shit that I don't want to do. Like, this is what I want to do. So, yo, if I have to sit here and rap in front of 10 people because that's the way it is tonight, I'll do that because I know if I keep working hard, I'll come back, there'll be 100. Or I'll go to the next city, there'll be 200 people. So, it just motivates you, man. But <clears throat> I keep it separate. I don't. I try not to let the money deter me, you know, like be saying like, oh, it's really just like if, if I focus on the art and the putting the passion and the love for the art because I love that and then I just kind of let the money kind of stuff come around that you know I, I try not to get even though I'm my own businessman and I do handle majority of those things I think I've as time has gone on I've been able to develop how to separate the two and not let the monetary and the business part interfere with my creativity mm. you know as far as like what's in my mind now time wise that's another that's another topic because if you're handling so many things from the business side, sometimes it can become consuming with your with your art because it's like, yo, I got to set aside some time. I have to stop this because I have to set aside this time or delegate it to someone else, you know? Mm. So how do you not let your ego be attached with the external results of your art? That's another challenge. <laughs> that is a challenge, man. Okay, that's a different question, isn't it? Yeah, that's a different question because yeah, yeah. the ego is a, you know, I mean... I've been doing this for a little while now. You know, when you're younger and you start off, you know, fresh out of high school or you're in college and you have these fantasies, you know, you have these fantasies of what the music business is. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm going to have all this. And especially like, you know, I I used to be in a group uh, called Frontline and we were in the Bay Area and we had a lot of success very early, like out the gate. Summer jams, radio spins, you know, commercial radio, but getting played 40, 50 times, getting big money to just perform 10 minutes. You know what I mean? You're getting broken off like thousands of dollars. You're like, yo, this is it. We, we in a rap game. Everything is up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you learn about the business and you sign a deal and then it doesn't go right and you're trying to figure it out and you try to, you know, and then the game changes, the internet and people are consuming music through streaming. They're not doing it this way. And yeah. And then it's just like, Whoa, I got to figure this out. So then you went from playing summer jams and you know, the, one of the first shows I did was 30,000 people, you know what I mean? In you know, in, uh, in the Bay area at the summer jams or at the bomb concerts and radio shows. And then to being like, yo, I got to, Wait, I got to go on tour and some nights it may only be 100 people, 50, 30 people sometimes. What? You know what I mean? Like, how, So your ego, you do have to put your ego in check. That's something. But like I said, the thing that kind of keeps me grounded for one is just my love and my passion for the art. So I kind of knew that, like, you know what? Let me step away and figure out who I am, put that into my art, and then I may have to start over again. And that's kind of what I've been doing, you know, since mm. you know, since you got familiar with my music, is starting over and building a foundation the way I feel like I need to do as an artist. Yeah, tell me, uh, so Frontline was a group or a duo? It was a duo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was and a duo. how did you guys blow up so quickly like that? It was you and who else? It was me and my partner, Left, at the time. Left. Yeah, Left. Okay. We were a group. You know, that's who I came up rapping with. And mm-hmm. we just kind of, um, you know, we just, I don't know, man. We just captured, you know, lightning in a bottle, I guess, at that point in time. You know what I mean? Like, both, you know, young, talented artists putting their energy in. And it's just like, you know, it was around the time when the Bay Area was like with that hyphy movement and all that stuff was going on. And the Bay Area was coming up when we kind of ascended at the same time. And and then also my battle rapping, people kind of knew me from that with MTV. And I was doing that battle rapping stuff. And people were like, yo, and it kind of all timing at the, you know what I mean in mm-hmm. one year it just like boom it took off so I guess that kind of like resulted in like that big explosion that happened but 
you know, as you know, the music business can be up and down, you know, and at that time, the internet was like kind of marketing for independent arts was like a new thing. So, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we were a little bit early on taking advantage of that, you know, mm-hmm. before, you know, knowing to take advantage of that. So we didn't get, jump on that wave yet, you know? Mm-hmm. So there was really no way to, we didn't understand that was more that era where you have to get a record deal so the record label can pro, you know what I mean? It wasn't like, yo, we could just shoot our video on YouTube, put it out there and this is, you know what I mean? That wasn't there yet. It was more like, yo, we need a record label so when we got the record label and the record label didn't do what they need to do we were unable to sustain that same momentum mm. that we had if you're like most people the first thing you do when you wake up you grab your cell phone and you check your social media apps Include the Come Up Show part of that routine by following us on Instagram. It's where you see original pictures of your favorite artists, inspirational wisdom from our interviews, commentary on what's happening in the culture, contest, and so much more. Follow us on Instagram right now at The Come Up Show. So you're on tour right now? Yeah, on tour. And uh, I believe you started somewhere out in the in the west coast yeah. of, of the of the states, and you went up to the west coast of Canada. Yeah. And you making you've been making your way all across Canada. Yeah. This is as far east as we going now. This is as far we. This is the uh, yeah we Ontario. Start, Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Honestly, I'm I'm claim ignorance here. I wasn't even completely. I thought Toronto was the east coast. Because this, because it's lined up with the east coast of the, uh, New York the and all that. Yeah. But I didn't know that you guys had the Maritimes and all these islands that are even further east coast. And people were telling me, I was like, oh, okay. So hopefully, I can get out there next time too. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And this is your first time uh, going across uh, torrent. First time, camp. yeah. First time seeing this whole country. Well, you know, the lower part. I don't know what's up there. What are you, <laughs> What are you learning about Canada? Just the subtle differences. Like what? The subtle differences between, because it's very much like, you know, you come into BC and you Vancouver is very much like the States, you know? It's like, okay. But then as you keep seeing, it's like, yo, just just different stuff like blinking green lights. I'm like, yo, why is this green light blinking? I've never <laughs> seen that before in my life. Like, mm-hmm. Or, you know, here in Ontario, in Toronto, I saw this a street and it had five lanes, but... There was no yellow line dividing it because at certain times of the day, you this this lane might be going in one direction and another time of the day is going another. I'm like, yo, that's so weird. <laughs> but just the people, there are certain parts of Canada that just seem very European, honestly. Still, you know what I mean? Like, um, just even you know here in Toronto it has a European vibe. Certain places, you know what I mean? And uh, and, and Alberta and you know what I mean? Ottawa is very European. It seemed like you know what I mean? Just the whole. The architecture from the buildings, it seems like a, you know, like a European country. So just little differences, you know, and you guys have free health care, higher taxes. But I'd, I'd much rather have higher taxes and free health care. So I think the United States, we need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, you've toured alongside, I believe, what, MERS, R.A. the Rugged Man, Joe Budden, Jada Mind Trick, Zion I. Uh, what's it like to, to tour on your own and why is it important to tour? I'll answer the second part of that question first. Okay. It's important because as an independent artist, as any artist, you know, it's very important, obviously, to get out and connect with your fans. But as an independent artist, it's your marketing tool. It's your way to connect with people, people who have heard your music or who even haven't heard it, to go to those markets, show them, um, like myself, coming here to Canada. 
um, th- there had been a lot of demand in certain places and some places not so not so much, but you're able to go there and display your music, showcase it so people can be like, yo, I mean, there's been places, every show, I've had fans who knew every word to every song and then I've had fans who are like, yo, man, I just heard about this show and this is my first time hearing you and you're amazing. I'm gonna, I'm a fan now. I'm buying your album. I'm downloading. I'm going to stream it, you know? So there's no, like, the internet is a great tool. Use the internet. You know, I know that's a huge part of our marketing plan now as artists. We put our videos, we put our freestyles, we put our music, we stream it. But there is nothing like actually going and performing and live performing and winning over someone. Or someone who has never heard you live and saying, yo, man, I love your music. But now that I've seen you live, oh, my God, it touched me. Or someone saying, like, yo, I've been through what what you're rapping about or singing about in that song. I've been through it. And to see you performing live touched my heart. Like, you know that person is going to be attached to you forever. Like that's a moment in their life that you can't, that's like the difference between, you know, watching a documentary on Toronto and actually coming to Toronto and experiencing it. It's not the same thing. Same thing with a live show. Like you can listen to a person all day, but when you go, I I know when I was coming up or first started like getting into music and I went and saw Jay-Z live, I was, you know, I was a fan of Jay-Z and I was like, I like Jay. But then when I saw it live at like a small show, I was like, yo, like I got to say, I saw Jay-Z perform in front of like 400 people. How many people can say that? You know what I mean? When was this and what show was this? This was like 2005. Like Mm Jay-Z came to the Bay Area Mm -hmm. and it was like a intimate, I think he was promoting the Blueprint. No, it was like 2002 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he was promoting the Blueprint 2. And it was like, a, my friend was like, yo, man, I, you want to come see Jay to come to the show? I was like, all right. But I didn't know. It was it was like a secret show. It wasn't, it basically, it was like only radio station winners and people like that. So it was small. I mean, it was literally 400 people max. And to see him perform, you know what I'm saying? You know, turn my music high. You know what I mean? I was like, whoa. And I was just like, and to see it perform, I was just like, yo, this, this is incredible. You know what I mean? So that was me. Now, of course, I'm not at Jay-Z's status yet, but... To some people, in their hearts, that's the way they, you know what I mean? They're close to that. So, man, I'll never forget that. And there's some people, like, you know, I've seen them, I, you know, came places, like you said, you know, going on tour with other artists that I toured earlier on, you know, a few years ago. They're like, yo, man, I remember you from when you opened up for such and such. And then they come to my show when I'm headlining or when I'm, you know what I mean, or come back again. They're like, yo, that, I remember that from three years ago. I've been a fan ever since, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all it takes, man. Nothing can replace that. Uh, I wonder because uh, the culture of hip hop and hip hop music and a lot of uh, what the marketing or the artists, it's uh, very trendy, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's a sound that's popular and everybody follows it. And if you're necessarily not that sound, it could be maybe harder mm-hmm. uh, to get people. Because there's artists who are doing that sound who are nobodies, but they're just doing that sound and they're getting fans based on the sound, not even them, just on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they can easily just uh, uh, rise. So what is it like for you to uh, make music that is not, you know, you're not like... You know, you're not like that SoundCloud rapper who's making that wavy type of sound. Is it, do you sometimes uh, want to take some of those sounds or do you say, are people in hip hop going to care about it like that? Or Mm -hmm. or no, those those any thoughts that go through your mind? Um, Well, this is the way I kind of look at it. I look at it, when you talk about SoundCloud rappers or, you know, basically you're talking about the wave, the wave that's right now. Yeah thing is i like the way i like some of everything you know what i mean like i don't look like i don't feel like it's just like everything else there was one time in hip-hop where 
you know, everybody was trying to be super lyrical. Then there was one time where everybody was trying to be super gangster. Then it was one time where everybody was trying to be a Gambino. And then there was everybody, you know what I mean? So now everybody's trying to do, you know, so that happens. And they're going to be good people in those time periods. And they're going to be some bad people. Me, myself, I'm just such a lover of the art. I try to stay in focusing on making the best art. Sometimes, do I like some of the sounds or some of the beats that they use? Fuck yeah. You know what I mean? I'll take those sounds. I'll utilize them and make them work for me because I'm just adding to my repertoire as an artist, you know? Mm -hmm. So why would I not incorporate some of those things in my way? You know, longer, like I don't feel like I feel like there's nothing wrong with being inspired from the OGs or from the new cast that's coming up or from the present. Like we all that's hip hop. We borrow. We, we we're inspired by one another. Now, I, I don't feel comfortable with I would never do anything that I feel like I'm compromising the integrity or the morality of what I do as an artist. So I don't you know, if I feel like doing that, I'd be like, yo, you know what? That sounds a little bit too much like that. Let me you know what I mean? I don't want to go that far. Mm-hmm. But I absolutely are inspired by some of the um, the up and coming dudes that are doing their thing on what do you call it, on SoundCloud or on Instagram, whatever. I see everything. You know what I mean? I try to watch everything and some of the stuff is dope and some of the stuff is inspiring. Some of them are like, yo, I ain't going that far. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um I, I enjoy I enjoy pieces of it all. Like I have an understanding enough. Mm-hmm. I'm not I never want to be like, yo, I'm not stuck in one mind frame. Like, yo, if it doesn't sound like this, that's whack. Like, to me, that's, yeah. I don't, I don't it, like that. Is it important to adapt or to take some of the things that maybe what people are listening to are popular and, and, and mold it into what you do? You know what? It's yeah. important to be you, to be sincere to who you are. If you're a person who feels comfortable with adapting and growing with the sound, that's dope. If you're a person who sticks to what you do, that can be dope too. Just stick. It just all depends like what's in your heart. Like if I in my heart hated the SoundCloud rappers and I would be like, yo, I would be disingenuine if I dissed because I like Cardi B. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I like Bodak Yellow. I like uh, Kodak Black. I like Migo. I like some of these songs. I don't like everything. I don't like the discography of any artist. You know what I mean? So if I genuinely didn't like it or if I was upset or then I would say that, you know what I mean? But I'm not. So, mm-hmm. but I could do that just to please a certain pocket of people that are like, yo, fuck all the SoundCloud rappers. You know what I mean? But like, I wouldn't do that because I would be lying to myself because I like some of Because you gotta be true <laughs> like, to that. I like some of, you know, uh, these guys' songs, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. well, have you feel, do you feel like that you've, you've kind of, well, you know, some of the songs that you have are trap uh, beats, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So you have adapted or you have kind of taken some of that stuff and made it your own and, with your own flow, it's still you, but you've also have taken some of those elements of what's, you know, hot right now. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that yeah, fair I mean, to that's, say? Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's what you have to do as an artist. That's just me. Yeah. Some people do things differently. That's me. Like, I like it. Yeah. That's like me just only wearing Chuck Taylors and never, or only one pair of shoes. I'm like, yo, I'm going to update when I see something new that's fresh. Like, yo, I like it, but I'm not going to do it just because everybody else do it. If I like it, I will wear it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or I'll try to create my own vision from that. True. You know? Yeah, I guess there are some artists who, even like young artists that I know that make the 90s sound. Yeah. And that's them. Yeah. And their fans like it. Yeah. And that's what, that's, that's what, dope. you know, they're wearing Tommy Hilfiger, yeah, old yeah, yeah. like polos or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that's, but that aesthetic is attractive to those. Exactly. You know, they're 19 years old and they're doing that. Good right? for them. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Uh, let's take it back. You are born and raised in Richmond, California. Yeah. Is that the Bay Area? Well, born in Berkeley, raised in Richmond. At that time, there was no hospital in Richmond to be born in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is is Richmond, is that the whole Bay Area? Does that consist of the Bay Area? Yeah, Richmond is in the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, Richmond is just a small kind of like 
city hood in the Bay Area, you know, not about, I don't know, 15 minutes, 10 minutes from Oakland, mm. five minutes from Berkeley. And what is it like growing up in that in that area? Um, for me, like I said, you know, um, I was, Richmond is like, uh, I guess, you know, at that time was like kind of a, still now is kind of like a hood. You know, the area, I grew up in South Richmond in um, housing apartments or projects or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, Crescent Park apartments or housing which was kind of like a hood you know but I didn't I wouldn't say I had a rough childhood like I still had like my mother and father my older brother and sisters to kind of like raise me and protect me to a certain extent but um but you know there was a time you know in the 80s and 90s where you know it was rough you know and it's, it's even worse now but you know um so I grew up in that but you know I was of mi mixed ethnicity so my mom was black and my father was Iranian or Persian and I definitely looked more Persian, you know, um, so but people didn't even know what that was. So they probably just thought I was Mexican. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, growing up in that environment, I had to be kind of like have like a I don't know, I had to have tough skin to deal with that because people just you just look different. You know what I mean? Everybody else is like, you know, it's just black. You know what I mean? But I culturally I identify myself as being black because that's what I grew up around, you know, other than my father and maybe a cousin here and there, you know, that's the only Persians that I saw, you know what I mean? But as I got older, I learned more about my Persian, you know, side and heritage or whatever. But growing up, I grew up in Richmond and, you know, played basketball, you know what I mean? That was a big part of my uh, adolescence and, you know, high school and uh, was able to, you know, um, eventually we moved out after high school and moved into a little bit of a better area. I went to college, went to UC Berkeley. Um, and that's kind of when I really got into music, you know. Mm. Oh, well, started, like, trying to rap, you know what I mean? It was, like, mm. you know, right after high school. And, um, you know, mm. yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so your father is from uh, Iran, a yeah. background, and your mom is African-American? Yeah, yeah. She from, came from Tennessee to Michigan to Chicago and then had me in California. Mm. And so how are you being treated? Like, I, I like, I... You kind of seem uh, racially ambiguous, mm -hmm. right? Some yeah. people might like you said, you said Mexican, no, or are you was. Indian, or are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Did you get that type of? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was weird. Like, yeah, some people. I mean, just was light skinned You know what I mean? Like, some people thought I was just a light skinned black dude. You know, I don't know. But yeah, definitely, I was just like, yo, you know, what are you? I always had to. What are you? That was I, that was always there to some degree. I'd be like, oh no, this is that. But people knew me like, yo, that's you know, that's Ali. His mama's black. You know what I mean? So that's just kind of how it was. <laughs> and uh, so uh, your first break was MTV's uh, MC Freestyle Championship. That was the first kind of thing where people um, knew me from like a national level. Yeah, man, it was just kind of a fluky thing where I didn't even know I could battle rap. I didn't even. That was when I first started like getting into rap and. Um, I just was like, you know, I started doing like little battles and I didn't even know the first battle that I did was like, you remember, you know, the Source magazine. Yeah. Remember Unsigned Hype? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So the Unsigned Hype used to have like a little thing where they would go to every major city and have like these little battles. Mm -hmm. I didn't know it was a battle. I thought it was just like Unsigned Hype. Like you play your demo and if they like you, then they'll bring, you know, they was like, so we get there and I bring my, we bring our demos and they're like, nah, this is a battle. I was like, well, what's that? You know, <laughs> what's a, what's a, what's that? Well, we're going to put a beat on and you rap. I was like, all right, we here. Fuck it. Let's do it. I put on a beat and they put on a beat and I start rapping and everybody was like, 
the reaction from the crowd was like, whoa. And I was like, damn. So they was like, okay, you're in the next battle. So then I'm battling. Next year, you know, I get all the way to the end. I'm beating everybody. Never battled before a day in my life, you know. And people were like, yo, you're dope. So I kind of start building a reputation. And then they had the MTV battle where you like battled the radio station. And I was like on the local radio station um, in San Francisco, just beating everybody. And it was like, yo, we're sending this guy to New York. So then he sent me to New York to do the battle with Sway and Carson Daly and all that stuff back, you know, when they had TRL and Times Square and got all this notoriety. And it was just like, when I came, you know, I did, I didn't win the battle out of like a thousand MCs. It just came down to me and another guy. So I still got that national shine and everybody, when I got home, it was like, man, they rob you. You were the best. And so it gave me a lot of momentum, you know, a lot of people recognized me from that for sure. Hmm. And what do you think that was due to? Like, if you've never battled, you didn't even know what was a battle, but you, you know, you paddled all these people. Like, what were you doing? I just had, I guess I just had a natural inclination to rap. Because even when I rap and I hadn't started rapping that long before that, like, I st- like my friends were rapping and I always like my, so to even go back further, my sister was a rapper. Really? I had an older sister okay. who was a rapper. So when I was a kid, she was doing shows like opening up for like E-40, Digital Underground. She was going, you know what I mean? So as a kid, I saw that. I would go to her shows, you know, the ones I could go to. What was her rap name? MC Spice. MC Spice. Okay. Yeah, so this is like the 90s, you know what I'm saying? So she actually had offers from, from, from record labels to sign her. She went overseas and toured. And then she ended up getting married and having kids. So it kind of slowed her, you know, career path, her trajectory down as a, you know, as an artist. But I saw that growing up. So, I, But I, at that time, I didn't think I was going to be a rapper. That was the furthest thing from my mind. So anyway, that inspired me. And then that brought me to, you know, to... I guess that performance kind of thing was instilled in me, you know, seeing my sister perform because my sister was a great performer. You know, she was a singer, rapper, actress. And I guess, you know, that kind of, you know, was it was in me. So then when I got these opportunities to rap in front of people, when I finally like learned how to rap, the performance part was never a problem for me. Mm-hmm. It was just like learning how to actually rap. And that didn't take that long either. But once I, I learned and understood how to actually make raps you know what i'm saying put it to the beat and find my flow and my rhythm and get that and then learn and then performing in front of people i was never like mm-hmm. you know a shy performer so that, learned, that's essentially what battle learned by osmosis is. basically by watching your sister yeah absolutely just yeah. being there just seeing being, being, but i didn't know it at the time yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't know it at the time and how did you learn how to rap you said you had to figure out how do you rap what was that process like of learning how to rap like what were you doing we used to, we had a friend, I had a friend mm-hmm. who lived in San Francisco and he was the only person that we knew who had like a mic hooked up to like a little eight app machine or something. And, um, we would go over there every weekend. He would make the beats and we would just rap. So it was kind of like rap boot, boot camp. We would go there every Saturday or Sunday, sometimes both. And he would make these beats and we would all have to just like write raps there on the spot. You know what I mean? And, um, so, so we, you know, it was kind of like a pride thing. I wanted to have a good verse and they were, they were just so much better than me, um, at the time. And I was just trying to get better, you know, cause they had been doing it a little bit longer and I was like, man, I want to get better. And then one day I wrote a rap and they were like, Whoa, like, honestly, it, it felt like a switch came on. They were like, yo, what, what did that come from? Like, yo, you just went from like, hey, yo, da, 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 da. you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, you know, it was just not good to being like, yo, and it was like, how did you, where did you come up with this? And um, and then kind of a switch clicked on. And then also I developed that time. That was when I, I stopped writing raps down too. So we would like go to the studio and we would write our raps down. 
and they would write so they would rap so fast. They would write their rap so fast, and it would take me a long time. You know, I I, I was slow. So then we would like write raps and we'd take a break, go to the mall, you know, because the mall was like right across the street. So we would hang out the mall. So what I started doing, I started thinking of my raps while we were walking around at the mall. And then I would come back and write them down. But I didn't know at that time I was developing a memorization skill to where I never had to actually write them down. So I would still come back and write. But actually, as time went on, I just stopped writing them down completely. And I just started writing them in my head, developed from from that time. You know what I mean? So a lot of things kind of happened around that time. And it was mm. only like a year amount, of, maybe less amount of time where I just started like kind of finding myself and figuring all that out. So, so, so to this day, you you don't write? I've never written a rap down. Nothing mm. I've ever recorded or released has ever been written down. Yeah. And do you do that as a as a pride thing? Somebody was talking. A producer was tweeting about this. He's like, you rappers who. Uh, brag about not writing your rap side. It doesn't matter. You, you got to b- put it together the best thing. You know, I, I don't. I don't brag about it. Yeah, it's just something that I do. I don't go be like, yo, I write. You know what I mean? That doesn't make you better mm-hmm. if you don't write it down. I've never like looked at it like that. Is it similar to what like in it the just world? it just feels better for me. It feels natural for me. Mm-hmm. I can't. I couldn't. I cannot look at something and have a microphone in front of me. That feels weird to me. Like even if you give me something to read, I'm gonna like look at it. And then say it like it feels weird for me to be like, yo, hey, this is like, you know what I mean? Like I, that, that would feel weird to me. I just don't like it. It's like an actor going into a movie. You watch the movie and he's reading the paper in the movie, the script. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I can't, I just can't, it feels weird to me. He has it committed to memory and when, a time, when it's go time. Exactly. So even mm-hmm. if, let's say, I did start writing again, I would write it down, memorize it. That's how I started at first. So I would write it down, memorize it, and then wrap it. So then I just started learning how to do it fast enough to where I would just write it, you know, in my head instead of mm-hmm. actually writing it on a piece of paper or whatever. So how do you remember all these songs? <laughs> it's You know what? If That's you have the- albums on albums on albums. Albums, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not really memorization. It's just like puzzles and words connecting. Like, I don't really look at it as memorization. It's like recitation. You're just reciting it, reciting it. So now it's always there. So if I can remember the first couple lines, then I can remember the rest of the whole song because they're all connected. Mm. They all go into one another. So it's not really memory, you know? Let me speak from the heart, let me breathe through the art, let me put it in perspective. When I first started off, every rap they would scoff, they would mock every word I projected. Now the memory is getting kind of foggy, see me doing shows every night, that's a body. Spend more time on the road than I do in my home house, shoes in them hotel lobbies. I don't give a fuck about the dress code, policy what they call the front desk foe. Probably leave with a whole mixtape that I wrote in my room, the box spring from the bed, soundproof was groomed. In the process, when I process what is fed, another black hole looming over my head. One look to the past is a step that I lose to a future. Just so bright you could taste the lead. See, I know the journey is bigger than me. I would not send so uh, after the MTV MC uh, freestyle, then it was was it Frontline after that? Yeah. So after that, all that momentum came back home. Was like, yo, Frontline, we about to get it popping now. You know what I mean? Because we got. Because I mean, I came home and people were like knew like, yo, that's Locksmith. You know. Mm-hmm. So we had that. Mo- I had that momentum as, as Locksmith, and then parlayed it into my group. And then uh, after Frontline, you, you you know, you're performing, you're getting played on the radio. And then there was a time when, I, what, like it just stopped, right? Like with Frontline or you guys broke up or what happened? We, we, we had a lot of success. We put out a couple albums, you know, signed a national distribution deal. And how old were you during this time? Oh, say? man, 20s. I don't know. We were kids, yeah. man, yeah. you know, early 20s. And we just were getting, 
you know, all this notoriety, doing big shows, performing summer jams and all that kind of stuff. Crazy. Yeah, just a lot of success very fast, you know. I mean, literally, I had been rapping like a year before that, you know what I mean? Or wow. like a year and a half in the next, you know, like my first written rap was like 18 months before that. And now I'm performing in front of like 20,000 people. And what did that do to you? I was just like, this is it. We making it. Like, this is, we ain't going back. You know what I mean? And then it's like, so we did that. We rolled that way for a couple, you know, year and a half, two years. And then it was like, yo, wait a minute. Slow down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you know, and the game was changing at the time. Like I was saying, you know, the way people consume music was different. It wasn't dependent upon just radio or clubs. Now people are consuming music through the internet, you know, through, uh, you know, streaming, through YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So things change and we mm -hmm. try I guess we didn't fully understand it at that time. Well, that, that's another thing as well, too. Were you, uh, yo, this is funny. This is sad that I say. Mm. There are just as much people living in the state of California mm -hmm. than in all of Canada. I just, I just realized that. Yeah. Somebody told me we have like 300 million and you guys have like something like. Yeah. So Cali, the state of Cali is like 33 or something like that. Million, yeah, yeah. Right. Canada's around that same. Yeah, yeah. Around that. Yeah. Uh, like the whole United States, we have like three hundred million. Yeah, you like you guys are ten times bigger than us. Yeah. But it's another, the the what I the point that I wanted to make is you could be a California artist and just tour Cali, yeah. sell music like back then there out you of go. your trunk yeah. and like be make tons make of money. A living. That's just in the state of California. Just in the state of California. Yeah. That's the that was the thing that we kinda did. We didn't understand that we were just like doing all these shows in California and coming up. But we didn't understand. I didn't. We didn't understand about touring. We had never done anything outside of California, maybe Arizona. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. but that was it. Or Nevada. That was it. So we didn't really understand what real touring meant. You know what I mean? We just meant, you know, you go to the club, you perform ten minutes, you get paid, you good. You know. Mm -hmm. So it was a. Uh, it was a rude awakening to understand. So getting that money and being that young, were you just living it up or what? Not completely. No, because yeah. I still was working a regular job, but we were getting money. But I never was like, yo, I'm quit. You know, I was like, yo, let me. I'm still, you know. But we definitely just we didn't blow the money, you know. Um, but we just didn't probably handle it and invest it into the the way we should have. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just ignorance, you know, just yeah. not, not enough information about how to really didn't understand the game, you know? Yeah. Well, being in your early 20s, seeing that, not like that's totally yeah. fine. Yeah, know? and it's like, not like, yeah. like artists now at an advantage because they come up, they see it like, yo, you can go to Instagram, you can monetize this, you can monetize, you know what I mean? Like back then yeah. it wasn't that. Like you got paid from performances and album sales and that's it. You know what I mean? There was no mm -hmm. streaming income in, you know, in 2005 or, you know, or people wasn't really on it like that. You know, there was no Spotify. No, there. Yeah. You well, know, at least not to the level that it's not now. to the level there. I mean, I don't remember Spotify. You remember Spotify in 2005? No, I don't. But, yeah. but they had it in Sweden for a minute. Cause okay. It started at Sweden or whatever. But YouTube. Not, I mean, yeah, YouTube, yeah. people barely watched YouTube. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's how it was, man. I, we didn't understand that. So what happened after that? After uh, Frontline? That was done. nothing. So I did nothing. Nah, not nothing. But I just was like, well, what am I going to do? Kind of like, yo, I got to figure something out. I still want to do music. I was just like kind of, it was just an idle time. I would say from like 2006 to like 2009. Mm -hmm. So I was just trying to kind of figure it out. I was like, I know I want to still do music. Am I going to go solo? Are we going to, you know what I mean? So then um, something happened in my life. My mom passed away. Oh, okay. My mom passed away. And, and that between 2006, 2009? My, mom, or, or? my mom passed away in 2010. Okay. So around 2009. Was that something like out of nowhere or you knew she no, was like sick? No, out of nowhere. Okay. She got sick, but fast. Okay. So, but right before that, I started battle rapping again. So around that time, 2009, 2008 is when the battle rap scene got big on YouTube. 
And I was like, yo, this is cool. You know what I mean? Like these kind of battle raps. I think I want to do that. And I was like, that would be a good way to get my name out there again. You know what I mean? And, and I was still writing music, trying to figure it out. But I was like, yo, this would get me some some notoriety, some popularity, you know? Mm -hmm. So I started, I engulfed myself in the battle rap scene. So that's when I started doing the battle raps. You know, if you go to YouTube, type in Locksmith. Grind, whatever. Grind time. Yeah, they were doing those battles in California and, and, you know, and in Florida and all over. So I was like, all right. So then I started doing that and people was like, yo, you know what I mean? I was getting, you know, internet famous off of that, you know? I was like, okay, then let let me focus on my music. So after I did that for a while, I was like, all right, let me focus on music. And then that's when my mom passed away. And then my mom passed away. Of course, I was very sad, but it just motivated me. You know, I was just like, you know what? I'm just one of those people, man, when stuff happens to me or stuff happens to my, I just like, yo, I got to, I'm I'm hurt, but that's like, I got to make my mom proud. I got to do this for my family. I, I just get motivated, you know? So I was just like focused. I didn't, probably to a fault, I didn't even take time to like really let that soak in. I was just like, yo, I got to go. I got to work, you know? So around, that's why in 2011, you start seeing this stuff. You know, I went to New York. I started connecting. I was just like, yo, I got to, what am I doing? Like, if I'm a rapper, I have to rap. You know what I mean? So let me fucking find some people, work with some people, get out there and do it. So that's what I did. Mm. So you you didn't give yourself too much time to grieve or mourn and go through that process. I didn't. Was it a, a way of not maybe because it's pain Yeah. to not fully sit in the pain and, and, and distract yourself? With it was. Work? Yeah. And eventually it came back and got me. You know what I mean? Because eventually it hit me like around... 2013 or something so what two three years later two three years later all of a sudden like i mean this is kind of a different subject but i start having like these anxiety panic attacks you know what i mean like you know because by this time you know you're in your 30s you're getting older you're like yo what's going on and then you know life is like real so i'm working job i'm working a job at this time or i'm music is like so i'm starting to have success when i start putting out stuff in 2011 2012 that's when i'm going on like little tours people are taking me along people are recognizing me from the internet people like yourself i'm like okay this is great i'm going to new york i'm you know i'm doing you know some big shows here and there i'm like yo but then the pressures of life you know i'm not earning money really at that time like that you know what i mean from i'm music. still trying to juggle a job yeah but at this time i'm doing so much music that i'm not really getting i'm not being able to work so i'm losing money so i'm not really getting the income like that you know so i'm like what am i gonna you know life just life happens you know what i'm saying i have a girl at the time we're we're serious you know pressures of life I'm, you know shout out to my girl at that time she was very um she's my ex now but you know we're still cool she was like very supportive and i appreciate that mm-hmm. but the pressures of life just kind of came down. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa. Then I start having like these anxiety attacks. I don't like drink or smoke or do anything like that to like, you know, so I'm just always like level balanced kind of guy. So when I start having like these like anxiety and like, you know, like stressful feeling, I'm like, yo, what's happening? So I had to kind of take time and just like, self-evaluate like yo what's going on with me because you know doctors they'll be like well you need to take this medicine or you need to take that and i'm like yo i don't really you know what i mean i don't even like drink or smoke weed so i'm like i'm cautious about putting any kind of medicine into my system you know like you know like uh what do you call like anxiety medicine or that kind of stuff um so i was just like yo what's going on with me you know what i mean what's so i talk with my father talk with the people close to me start um evaluating myself man like really evaluating myself and I come to feel like there were certain things in my past and in my life that I uh had to deal with and one of them you know obviously was my mom passing away and it wasn't like I had a any me and my mom had a great relationship there was nothing like bad in there but just the fact that I did not take the time to you know what I mean to uh to acknowledge it 
So I had to deal with that. I had to take that time to do that and other things in my life that I had to reconcile, you know, that, and I'm still reconciling, but I had to acknowledge them. Hmm. You know what I mean, and how, how does that work in terms of the, how do you do that? Is it like, do you see a uh, say seek professional help, like a therapist counselor to help you walk through those things? Uh-huh. Or are you just sitting in your room and like, what, like, how do you, well, different, yeah, yeah, yeah. different people have different mind. Like I said, I had a, I'm very grateful. I had a, I have a close family. I'm close with my family. I'm very close with my father. You know what I mean? Especially after my mom passed away. We have we have a very good relationship. Um, friends that I'm very close with. I, I didn't go professionally t- to see anyone, but I feel like I had very a good tight knit of people. You know, like I said, um, my ex at the time, you know, I felt like that was somebody that I could trust. You know what I mean? It was a very good friend to me. So I was able to talk these things out and I have, a, you know, my spiritual background being Muslim and things like that. And just, you know, seeking within and just like, you know what I mean? Talking to people that I love and I care about and the foundation that my mother laid. You know what I mean? I felt like it gave me strength to kind of deal with these things and using the music as therapy. So now if you see around, you know, around 2013, the tone of my music changed a little bit, too. You know what I'm saying? Being a little bit more introspective, being a little bit more, I don't know, I guess emotional. You know what I mean? Because that was my way of dealing with what was going on in my life, talking about, you know, the demons in my life, you know, things in my past, relationships with women, relationships with friends, relationships in the music, but, you know, whatever. Like I started expressing them in my music and then actually that helped my career a lot too. So people start connecting with it, you know? Mm. So I don't know, all those things kind of bunched up in one, you know, in one thing. Once, yeah, once you start talking like that, what did you notice in terms of, uh, because that's what I also really like about you. You're really talking about real things that I can connect with. I feel like it is therapy. Absolutely. I feel like I'm getting real, uh, like, like it's good. It's music for my, for soul, soul music, basically. It's music for my soul or uh, that, I'm not, you know, filling myself with garbage. And this is the comparison I always make is home food or home cooked food, soul food compared yeah. to fast food. There's a time for fast food yeah. and there's a time for like home cooked food. As Absolutely. Well too. So what was, once you start talking about these things, what was the, 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 the feedback like or the reaction and the type of fans? Connection. Yeah. People connected with it, man. Like people connected and you could like, I could just see the difference. Like that's when I started getting offers for shows that's when I started getting offers to come out you know what I mean because I saw the connection I had I even had a conversation with Macklemore you know like I've been knowing Macklemore you know for a while now we did some songs back in the day you know before he ascended to be you know what I mean this great you know pop star but I remember he was in the Bay Area and this was around that time around 2013 2014 and he was in the Bay and somebody was like yo I was at the Pusha T show so I happened to be go to a Pusha T show in the Bay Area and I'm in the show, you know, I'm like, you know, kind of just like, you know, kind of in, you know, incognito, just walked in the show. And somebody's like, yo, Locksmith, I love your music. I was like, thank you. He's like, yo, you know, Macklemore's here. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I just saw him. So I text him. I was like, yo, bro, you here? I mean, he's like, yeah, man, come upstairs. So I go upstairs and we just chilled and we had a, a in-depth conversation. And he, and I, and I was asking him, I was like, yo, man, what do you, because this was right when he started to like. This thrift, thrift shop. This oh. right after thrift shop. Oh, okay. So this is you know, and I was like, yo, bro, you know, you know, I'm just picking his brain. It's my first chance getting to talk to him and pick his brain since all that. And he's like, bro, I literally went from doing years of shows, doing hundred people, eighty people, you know what I'm saying? And then it just grew. I was like, well, what, what is? He's like, well, the main thing is I just started making music that connected to people, and when it connected with them, I just saw people started gathering around. I was like, yo. That's real shit. And then I was like, that's already the path that I was starting to, you know what I'm saying? 
to go on. And um, it was just like, it just was, a you know, uh, a reassuring to know like, okay, you know, of course our music is different, but the same kind of mind frame and the same spirit of putting real life into your music, you know what I mean? Was the shit that I was on and I'm, you know, I'm still on, hmm. you know, at that point. Okay. And then, uh, so 2011 to 2013, you go, uh, you go, you know, you're, you start to, uh, go through the stuff that you know your your mom and you're making uh inter intro introspective music and what what is this is after the green box then no this is around this is when I start so what happened another thing is I started producing a lot of my own music really so when I after I put out the green box or t towards the end of that I started producing my own music when I did a thousand cuts mm -hmm. so that's when I was just like you know what I have this I have things that I have to say like I can't just be rapping 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 like I have songs in my in my soul that I need to get out mm -hmm. so I need the music to fit that so what I did is I got with my, my production partner Mike Blankenship and Mike Top Notch um, and I was like, yo, so we sat, so I sat down, like, I don't know how to play keys, but I was like, yo, this, this is the keys that I need to, you know what I mean? This is mm -hmm. what I need. So then we started putting these beats together and I started crafting the album and the sound around what I was, what I'm trying to say, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I feel like the music took a turn at that point too, you know what I mean? Instead of just like, let me get a beat from you and a beat from you and you know what I mean? I'm trying to squish them together and make it a project, you know? I started actually creating a sound and uh, creating a narrative within the within the album, you know, so that I think that was a, that was a big switch too. You know, if you could tell the difference. What's the percentage now, like of what you what you produce or other? Producers? I mean, my hands is on everything now. You know what I mean? Like the last album, the I mean, majority of it is, you know, I produce. You know, myself and uh, my partner Mike, we produced it together, and um, but I still get beats from other people. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't get beats, but I still might take it, arrangement, change things. You know what I mean? Just like mm -hmm. have my hands to make it, you know, I, I think more like a producer now and a songwriter as opposed to I just want to rap. Although sometimes I do just want to do that. You know what I mean? But I get in moods like that. Yeah. 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 You get in moods. It's like, yo, I just want to go in, you know, get moods like that often. Mm -hmm. But I but my first instinct now is like I think about beats <laughs> a lot more. You know what I mean? Like, yo, I want to make a beat like this or I want the beat to be like this or how can I get this or how can I flip that sample or whatever? You know what I mean? Dope. Dope. So Locksmith, you're an independent artist. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you talk about it. Yeah, yeah. For why, sure. is it, why is it important to be independent? Well, for me, it's just, uh, like I said, it's very, it's much more gratifying. Um, and it's like, I mean, that's the road that, that's the road where I feel most comfortable. The space I feel most comfortable right now is where I get to uh, control, or not just control, I have, you know, have a, a good idea of how and where and how my music is being put out you know, and how to create my music. You know, I never was a fan. I feel like I have enough confidence in myself and enough self-awareness where I feel like I won't sabotage myself. So I don't really need somebody babysitting how I, you know what I mean? Create and put out the content. Now I, I definitely appreciate consulting with anyone and everyone, you know, like I can consult with you. I can consult with anybody. I can consult with marketing people and these different kind of things. But I just have, I just never felt comfortable in a space where I had no control, essentially. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, okay, this is where we're going to do it. And we have, you have to do it when we say we do it. And you can't do it until we say, you know, like I've been in those situations before. And I was like, mm, this doesn't really work. I don't really feel comfortable with this, you know? And it kind of just, I don't know, I feel like it stifled my uh, productivity, my creativity. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to try to avoid that. And it's difficult. It's hard because you, you need money. 
you know, because essentially record labels are like banks, you know, they lend you money to do what you need to do. So how do you get that money? You know, so you have to work and figure it out. And, you know, but now it's like I couldn't even consider I wouldn't even consider that unless it was on terms that I felt was, you know, beneficial Mm-hmm. For me as an artist, you know, so like a partnership or like you know these specific services that I need you for, just do this for me and I'll pay you for that. Yeah, it just it just all depends. You know what I mean? It yeah. just all depends on the situations. Every 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 situation is different for every artist and how they use it. You know, it's it's a contract. So however you design it to make it work for you can work. I know for me at this point in time, I just you know it would just it would just really depend. You know on, on what I think would what will work in my career. So I'm right now. I'm just I feel like I'm just starting off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still building. Like, this is, my, like I said, this is my first time touring Canada. Like, you know, I'm thinking about what's it going to be like when I tour here three times? You know, what's the show's going to be like? What's, you know what I mean? When I put out this next song, this next video, like, I'm still growing. So I'm in no rush. I'm feeling, I'm canvassing, surveying, you know what I mean? The industry and the, and the whole landscape of the, you know, of music in general. Hmm. You have uh, an album uh, called Olive Branch that came yeah. out earlier this year, yes, in 2017. Sir. Yeah, man. Uh, in the song Home, one of the quotes that uh, one of your lines is your biggest hurdle is overthinking. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. You live in your head a lot? Yeah, man. Obviously, because you have hundreds of songs in there. <laughs> nah, nah, that's the problem. Like, the songs are good. It's like yeah. when you think outside of that and let just outside influences and, you know, second guessing yourself. You know, that that's always been, a, you know, been an issue for me. Like I talked about before, dealing with like anxiety and those kind of things. But um, I'm aware of it. You know, that's why I rap about it. You know, I'll talk about it to get it out there, to get it out the way. And, um, you know, the, like overthinking, I guess, what is that saying? It's like, if you don't like, you got to If you don't try something, you've already failed. So you might as well do it. You know what I mean? And fail and learn from it and keep going. You know, it's better to just go like the universe. Um, the universe wants you to be uh, they want you to move quickly, not in a hurry, but quickly. I try not to ever move in a hurry, but to move quickly and precisely. So if you're overthinking, you're not moving, you're thinking. So you got to move, you know, move precisely, make a decision and move on. So mm-hmm. when I make when I make moves like that, it gets me here. It gets me on tour. It gets me doing shows. It gets me performing. You know, last year I, I you know, performed live at the BET Hip Hop Awards. You know what I mean? Like not because I was thinking at home, because I was doing you know what I mean? Like, you got to do. So mm. that's what I'm saying to other people. Like, don't overthink. You know, I said, um, I know my biggest hurdle is easily. It's like paying admission to take a trip on a cruise, but you can't enjoy the view because you're constantly scared of sinking. Like, you're on a cruise, you're seeing the most beautiful things in the world, but you're scared it's going to sink when you should just be enjoying the, the view. You know what I mean? Like, why did you even get on the cruise? You know, you can't control where you're at now, so enjoy it. Hmm. What's the balance then of, of uh, doing and thinking? Because I, I can imagine when you release it, about to release a new album or go on a tour, there, there's a lot of thought or strategy involved yeah. in that. You can't. You can only control what you can control. I cannot control how many people come to my shows. I can promote all day. I can't control it. So what do I do? I just focus in on doing the best that I can. So if it's, if there's, you know, twenty people or two hundred, or if I, you know, if I put out a product, you know, I put out a video. There's been videos where I put out like, yo, man, nobody's watching my video. I spent all this time on it. It's only got, you know, such many views. And and I'm just like, all right, I can sit there and mope and be like, oh, man, no, just keep working. Work on the next one. Get it together. Then you look back a month later, it's like, yo, this video's blowing up. I had no idea, you know, or this song is really taking off. Like, I didn't know that. 
or the video that I had. You, you just work, man. You put 110% into everything you do. Mm-hmm. Stay positive. Keep your energy positive and balanced, and it'll all come together. Bro, like, I, I'm not one to brag, man, but I've been... This has been the most beneficial year of my whole career. 2017. Combined. All, <laughs> all the work that you've been done since... The last, the last yeah. 12 months from here yeah. to last... April or what? What when are we in September? Right, we're in October now. October. So yeah. October from now to October of 2016. This has been the most successful in every way in my career combined. Combined the past six, seven, eight years. Exactly. <laughs> this 12 this is, months has been the most successful, and I know the next 12 months will be because I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to grow, like in every way. I mean, like invisibility, monetarily, er- everything has been. Has been has been bigger, you know what I mean. So I'm just like, okay, I see what it is now, you know what I mean. I mean, I've done more shows this year. I mean, I've done over a hundred shows this year, and I still got 18 more to do, and I'm going to Europe, you know what I mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just like I'm going to continue to do that and continue to grow and spread my message as long as I can do it, you know what I mean? Because this, for one, this is what I love, and for two, this is how I, you know, I'm keep the lights on, how I, you know, support my family and myself. So how do you feel that you know this? Uh, you're finally you're not here, but you're finally getting to this point where the past 12 months have been the most successful compared to what you've been doing this past six, seven, eight years. It just makes me hungrier, man. Like I just want more because I'm not even nowhere near. Like if I like I said, if I can go to Alberta and have you know the whole you know show singing along to my work, singing along to my song, I'm like okay, I, I want Toronto to do that. You know what I mean? I want you know I want Louisiana to do that. I want to go to Africa. Like you know, like people have been like begging me, like when are you gonna come to South Africa? When are you gonna come? Like I want to do that. Like I want to spread it and I want it to grow as much as it can like I'm forever motivated you know and, and this is what I love like I love making music and writing raps and writing songs like that you know what I mean so if I can do that man the goal is it sounds crazy but it's like it's like multiple orgasms it's like yo it ain't never gotta stop you know what I mean like you know so it's like yo this is this is joy for me man hmm another line from the sing song home uh, we always downplay our strength and embellish our blemishes hmm Focus on the negative too much. I'm when I'm saying that I'm thinking out loud. I'm telling. I'm talking about myself. You know, we focus on the negative things. We always like, at least for myself, I put way too much pressure on myself and put way much more emphasis on my failures than my successes. And I was like, yo, I tell myself, Locke, you got to stop doing that. And I'm telling anybody else who does the same thing, you got to stop doing that. Gas yourself up, man. Gas yourself up. That's better than down. You know what I mean? Like, don't be so in your own head where you down. Like, gas yourself up. Like, yo, you that nigga. You that dude. Like, you're doing it. Like, I'm out here in Canada. Like, embrace that. Enjoy it, man. Like, talk about that. You know what I mean? Inspire people. Motivate people. You know what I mean? Like, do that. Mm -hmm. And you will manifest that. You know, like, you need to gas yourself up. You need, like, I always get, this is kind of on a... This is this is the same topic, but a little bit like people always say, oh, you need to um, don't surround yourself with yes, man. No, you need to surround yourself with you need people around you that are going to motivate you and tell you you're dope. What's the good of people to like my whole life? I feel like I've been around no men. <laughs> people telling me no. So it made me a no man. No, I don't know. if I No. Yes, bro. You can do it. You can do it. No matter. You can do it. You can get. It. Yo, I want to I want to be perform at the BET award. 
yeah, I, I want people to tell me like, well, no, you got to do this first. No, you do it, you know? Have people motivating you, inspiring you, then you will do that shit. And that's the way my mentality is. Like, forget the negative, forget that shit, focus on the positive, always think positive, always think of the positive outcome, focus on that, and then you'll get the positive results, you know? Hmm. Damn. Uh, another another line from the same song. Uh, this is like going. I don't know what this means. Uh, the people that you meet and new places you venture can only make sense if you can sense them before you entered. Mm. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> All right, so hold on. But you got to put it in context with yeah. the line. Before yeah, go that. ahead. What was the line before that? Hold on, because now you make it. You making me. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Now see. Now I got to recite the whole thing. Exactly. Let's go. We Let's all have. Issues in life, regardless of our distinctions. I know my biggest hurdle is easily overthinking. It's like paying admission to take a trip on a cruise, but you can't enjoy the view because you're constantly scared of sinking. You blink, then it's finished with. How come we always downplay our strengths and embellish all of our blemishes? We mimic what we see as wealth. Expending our, energy, expending our energy still pretending when it's easy to be yourself I felt the shift when I shifted out on my own when you understand your worth then it's like you're traveling home the people that you meet and the new places you venture can only make sense if you sense them before you've entered so basically the new the places that I'm going like this is a new place for me I'm touring Canada it'll only make sense if you understand the context of what you're really doing so you can, it's basically, um, it's like a glass half empty, half full thing. I can look at it like, oh, I'm touring Canada. How come I'm not performing in front of 20,000 people? Or you can look at it as like, yo, dude, you're touring Canada. These hundred people in Saskatoon know the words to your song. You know what I mean? They're coming here to see you. Think about that. I'm a kid from Richmond, California that was teased. You know what I mean? And now I'm here in Saskatoon, <laughs> Saskatchewan. You know what I mean? Everybody smells like poutine. poutine. <laughs> but they're showing me love. like, And I appreciate that. So it's like, yo, you can either appreciate it and understand it before you enter in this realm. It's best that you understand it before you enter because, or else you're going to come into it with a negative point of view. So if you understand, mm -hmm. you'll view it from the right point of view. So that's my way of saying, like, understand these things before you venture into them. Yeah. So you're appreciative of the moment and yeah, you can man. Uh, 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 radiate that energy with the people and saying thank you for coming here. Exactly. And and have a blast. And uh, it's so funny because, you know, a lot of moments that uh, it's not until the moment has passed when you look back and like, yo, that was a dope moment or that was a dope time. But you didn't even appreciate it because you was too much. Because you, you're, you're on a cruise and you can't even appreciate it because you're constantly scared of sinking. Like, I was at Niagara Falls yesterday, bro. Yeah. Like, I rode the, like, ferry into the waterfalls. The maid of mist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yo. Yeah, yeah. We went into that. I was like, yo, how far are they going to go? Are they going to stop? Like, yo, what if this <laughs> malfunctions? But I was enjoying it. I was taking snaps. I was like, you know what, bro? Enjoy this. What brought me here? Rap. My raps. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yo, how can I be mad? It's like, bro, enjoy this. It motivates me. Like, yo, I can't wait to get home so I can finish up this new stuff and things in my head. You know what mm. I mean? So that's essentially what that whole last verse is about, you know? Hmm. We're talking about all these beautiful things and all these great things, but I need you to take me to a moment of what was your lowest of the low on this creative journey. Lowest of the low. Like you um, gotta take us to that moment, that mind state. Okay, like we gotta go back on? to we gotta go back to 2013. Okay. That was when when I was working on I just put out the all right, I signed a um see I'm giving but but see I fuck with you, Chato, because you're a good dude. You Thank know what you, I'm saying? bro. Appreciate and it. And I appreciate what you're doing. So I'm gonna give you some insight okay. into my life. 
So I signed a production deal with a company in New York. I was, you know what I mean, state of the art recording, everything paid for. I'm feeling good. I'm working on the green box at that time. But there were people that were hired to work with me. It just felt really stressful. I didn't I didn't like the way it so that's when I started getting the anxiety and all that kind of stuff. And I was just like, yo, it just didn't feel good. Like, even though I was making some dope music, but I don't know, like maybe just emotionally and psychologically, I was just not at a place where I could deal with it the best that I can. And it still went well. I put out the project, people loved it. But behind the scenes, people didn't know that I was, like I said, I was having this anxiety. I was really stressed out. And um it, it forced me to um, look at myself. And one of the things I told you about when my mom passed away, another thing I, I forced me to look at, and I talk about it on the song on A Thousand Cuts called The Hardest Song Ever, I, I talked about my experience with sexual abuse. So when I started psychologically, emotionally evaluating those things, man, it made me forced to go to a dark place that I had buried. You know what I'm saying? From when I was a kid, you know, this happened to me as a kid being repressed, repressed memories, repressed experiences that I had buried. And I didn't know, like, that was a huge part of this anxiety and this stuff I had been dealing with my whole life. So when I was able to do that, I was just like, yo, like, I was like, what am I going to do in life? Should I even be not rapping? Like, it was the wrong thing. I don't know. I just start questioning everything. I was like, what was what's going on with me? And then when I realized, like, yo, bro, you have something repressed that you need to deal with. And when I was able to actually say it to someone talk to somebody about it, people close to me, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off of me. Like, I felt like, yo, I could talk to somebody about my deepest secret that happened to me, something, you know what I mean? That I didn't even remember happened to me because I had, you know what I mean? I had like buried it so long ago and to be able to talk about it and it just like, you know what I mean? It was just like, wow, I got this out. Like I talked to somebody, then I talked to somebody else. And then I, then I was like, you know what? I'm going to put it in a song. I got to make this song. I was terrified to make this song. I was like, yo, can I, I was like, but I had to do it. It was like the song made itself, you know? And then when I made the song, I was like, should I put this out? I was like, I got to put this out, you know? And this is coming from a guy at this point in my life. Everybody just saw me as like this aggressive kind of like lyrical rapper. Like, yo, he's dope. Never showing a real vulnerable side, you know, as a man. And to show that vulnerable side, it just, I don't know, it just, I just felt free, man. I was just like, yo, now I can just be myself. You know what I mean? Like I can just, I talked about this thing that was in, in my past that I was, you know, ashamed of, even though it wasn't my fault. You know, these are things that people who've suffered from sexual abuse go through all the time. They think it's their fault. They think that they caused it. Like, you know, they're the problem. And then able to put that out there and then shoot a video to it to have, and the people, the extras, the actors in the video were actually sexually abused victims who came through and was like, yo, we want to be a part of this movement and to put it out and have it, people receive it and have it play on TV and, you know, get a lot of love and recognition. It really, it helped me a lot. You know what I mean? And I perform that song no matter where I'm at. Every show I do, I perform that song. Mm, you know a thousand mean? cuts. It's, uh, the album is a thousand cuts. The song is the hardest song ever. The memory I suppressed it. Depression is what's pressing us with the stress kid. I pushed away any woman I could connect with. That's the shit you do when you deal with being molested. Infested with impatience, I started aching. Hatred and deep guilt was the deadliest combination. Am I scarred? Am I flawed? Am I gay then? I've always loved women. That can't be the explanation. So that experience, plus your not grieving your mom properly, those two things came up at the same time and they were manifested through anxiety. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, man. They, they, I mean, the demons. That's what people call them. The demons came out, mm-hmm. and it's like if you don't deal with your, de- I'm like, I'm one of those people, man. If I got shit that's wrong with me, I just got to deal with it. I don't, 
like I said, I don't really do anything else. I don't really do drugs. But I think one thing that I manifested it in was like my um, romantic relationships with women. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's like people don't I didn't I don't use drugs, but I think that I was like just using sex as a drug, using relationships okay. with women. You know what I mean? And, you know, sex is obviously a part of that. But I, I mean, I wasn't like a sex addict, but basically I was just like bouncing around from girl to girl to girl to girl, not making a real connection with anyone. You know what I mean? Because I I talked about it in the song. It's like when you, be, you you push away anybody you can connect with, that's the shit you do when you deal with being molested. You know, like because you have this deep down inside, you have this anger towards the person who did this to you. So you manifest it on people who try to get close to you, you know? So that's what I was doing. So I, I was just... I was pushing away anybody, you know what I mean? Until I could deal with that, I could never learn to really connect with anyone until I deal with that, you know? Hmm. Thank you for sharing that, man. No, for sure, man. Thanks for allowing me to have the platform. Um, regarding, uh, I, I guess I want to know what is driving you now, Locksmith? Um, what is a source? What is like a fuel for you right now? Love for the art. I love the art. Um love for my family like I want to help my father you know what I mean like not that my father's in a bad place but I want to be successful for him you know what I mean? even though he's happy you know what I mean he's not like son you know what I mean but he's like you know my mom my mother and father even though my mom's passed away like you know what I mean like we started something you know what I'm saying and I'm not gonna stop until I get to where I feel like you know what I mean where I want to go and I want to start my own family like I want to have a family one day I want to be able to you know have my own family and provide for them and you know what I mean and uh do all those great things so I feel like I gotta work hard like I wanna you know what I'm saying I wanna make that and I wanna help change the world I wanna contribute to bettering the world through my music and now not nearly enough people have heard it so I'm cool with right now you know I mean I'm not cool with it but I understand what it is it's like I may not be getting me I'm getting there I'm getting there you know what I mean like, I'm getting there the music is growing it's spreading but not nearly as many people have heard it you know not nearly as many people have heard the message the messages that I've been conveying in my music so I, I mean I got a ways to go you know mm. and tell me about patience how you deal with being patient patience is a motherfucker patience though. is a, I mean I just <laughs> I, it's a challenge to me man I, I like the challenge bro mm. I like the challenge man I like figuring it out like like, I like every out. Al- like, it's crazy. It's like every album, I'm like, oh, man, I got to do it again. I'm going to do it. But I love it because I'm like, yo, I got the all these different things. How can I put it in a way where people, you know what I mean? It's just like figuring it out. Like, I, I just love it, man. It's like fun. It's just there's no other fun. Like, it's the best feeling to me to to, to do that and then to make the song and to put it out there and hmm. see how people, good or bad, you know, sometimes people hate on it at first, but then they're like, yo, this is my shit. You know, it's just it's just a challenge, man. I love the art. I love creating. I love it. I love the process. I love it. I love it, dude. The journey. Yeah, it's the best thing, dude. Like, somebody, you know, told me that. It's like, yo, enjoy this time right now. Like, enjoy it. And I tell that to other artists, you know, um, who are coming up, you know. Um, Like, yo, enjoy this time right now. Soak it in because Mm -hmm. you will, you know what I mean? Like, you're not going to have this again. Regardless of the result at the end point, the journey, the process you're going through, you're going to be enriched some way, somehow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even if it doesn't work out, you're going to be but a better person. But that's working out. You in the process. That's it. Okay. That's it. You know what I mean? That's the that's it's working out. Working like now is a process. The other things is like, dude, you I can't control the money. I can't control that. All I can control is what I 
put into the music, what I put into the art, what I put into the marketing, what I put into how people see. I can't control how they receive it, but I can control what I put out into hmm. the universe. You know what I mean? And that's the great part, man. Hmm. Yo, Locke, man, I, I really appreciate you coming through and giving us your time. Yeah, what man. did you uh, want to leave the audience with, uh, uh, first of all, for the people who've been supporting you and then for people who first time hearing about you? Yeah. What do you want to leave them with? What do you want to say to them? I mean, hopefully I can motivate you. Hopefully this is something you can be motivated from. You can, you know, whatever you do in life, this will motivate you to go harder with it. You know, be the best person that you can be. I'm nowhere near where I want to be, hmm. but I'm working on it and I want you to work on it. I want us to all because I feel like there's enough positive energy for us all out there. You know what I mean? To go out and get it and manifest mm -hmm. it the way we want to. So just keep that energy out there, man. You know, and any last thoughts? If you haven't heard the music, man. Check it out. Check it out. Go to <laughs> IamLock.com. You know what I mean? You can stream it. You can download it. You can do whatever you want to do, man. I put my music everywhere. So you can stream it on YouTube for free. You can listen to it on Spotify, mm. Apple Music. You can download SoundCloud. it. SoundCloud. SoundCloud, everything, That's man. your strategy. Like, just just put, hear it. Put it everywhere. Because yeah. people are going to, I mean, you make, we make money off of it in every way. You know mm. what I mean? So people, you know, so get, get it, man. I, I personally like the streaming. The streaming software or whatever. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I like it because we can make money. And As since an you're independent, forever. you're collecting the major. Oh, right? absolutely. There's yeah. nobody. I have to split nothing with no one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm able to come out here and tour. You know what I mean? Like I get to, you know, I sell my CDs. I sell my locksmith hats mm -hmm. straight to me. This is all me, all independently owned, you know? So I'm, as I'm saying, I'm happy, <laughs> you know? That's awesome, man. How many more dates left in Canada? Let me, let me, uh, I think, yeah, we got, what we got? We have uh, Brantford tonight, mm -hmm. Newmarket, London, Windsor, Toronto. So that's what, five more dates. Hmm. Then we got like 11 more dates in the States. How did you make the, these like little, like like I said, those, these towns that are like really small and when not a lot of artists come through, how did you make those happen? How did well, you make when that you're, happen? When you're an independent artist, man, yeah. you have to go to, um, you have to go to the smaller markets. You know what I mean? You have to go because you're building a rapport. Like a lot of, like you said, a lot of big artists don't go there, so they're happy when they when you come there. You know what I mean? They're appreciative. They the music resonates in a certain way that they'll never forget. Mm -hmm. So you just build. You know, as independent artists, we have a network. We build with people. You know, um, and that's how you grow, man. That's how you do it. <laughs> and and a live show. How do you make sure that you know they're leaving with something that you know? Well, everybody's approach is different. My approach to a live show is I just go, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. I'm, I feel like my live show has stepped up like 200%. So if you saw me like last year or two years ago, you need to come see me because like it's like growing. Like it's it's crazy, man. Like I put, I feel like now I love performing. Like when I first started rapping, I was like, oh, I don't know, you know. But now performing is like, uh, it's like the... It's, Man, it's like the best thing in the world to be able to go out there and perform these songs and see. And it gives me an idea how the songs are, are are touching people, what songs are really growing and how it's connecting to people. And you say, okay. And it, it teaches you how to become a better artist because now you know what resonates with people. You know when you take that back, when you start creating music and it just affects you in a way that nothing else does. If you just like staying, you know, like there's something dope about staying away from people and staying in your room. But sometimes you got to get out there and, and connect with people and it, it changes. Yeah. Especially in this digital world. Absolutely. People are wanting physical connection. You got to. You got to, man. 
man, I wish you well on the rest of your tour in Thank Canada. You, brother, Thank man. you for coming through Locksmith. I was We've looking been forward to this, bro. Supporting you since like 2010 or something like that. So uh, I was looking forward to I it. I really man. appreciate it. It's a thing that, uh, you know, when I see a lot of musicians come and go and the ones that are still grinding and still progressing, it like fills my heart, man. Yeah, yeah. Because I do this because I love the music. That's another thing Canadians say. They say progress, process. <laughs> what the way we say it yeah yeah progress instead of progress yeah we say we, we say progress progress yeah yeah or process process but you guys say process process it's funny to me or <laughs> or against we say against against and we, we say against against or been you guys say bean i've been here 10 minutes <laughs> <laughs> Just little things, man. It's, it's Stop great. Stop picking man. on us, bro. No, I love it, man. It's dope. <laughs> it's dope. It's like you're, you know, it's like Europeans, dope. <laughs> you know, we have poutineries popping up in the U.S. now. Yeah, I never saw that before. I thought it was just like chili cheese fries. I was mm. like, yo, what is it? You should look out at what things are popping off here, and then think about franchising opportunities for the Bay. Maybe there you go. There you go. Pop, the poutineries are popping up in the Bay. I was like, mm. yo, and I saw one in Ottawa. I was like, yo, that same store is in the Bay. I'm mm. like, yo, it's crazy. So, yeah, I love Canada. It's beautiful, man. We we love you too. Thank, Thank you, man. you, Locksmith. I Thank appreciate you. it. Yo, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Locksmith on the Come Up Show podcast. Such a good humble guy that I've, we've been supporting and you know guys like that man who make real music and are, are about something and this is why you know we're happy to do the come up show on thursday november 30th is the celebration of our 10th year anniversary of the come up show we're presenting a concert and i can't wait to share the details with you in the meantime subscribe to the come up show podcast rate and review us on apple Podcasts. it would make the world of a difference and i'll catch you on next wednesday peace